Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. And today we're going to continue that by looking at one of the parables of Jesus. And the parable of Jesus that we're going to be focusing on today is called the wanderer. And we are going to talk about this lost sheep that decided to leave his flock and the supervision of his shepherd. And so let's take a look in the scriptures beginning at Luke 15. We'll begin to read these seven verses together. And so it says that the tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. And this made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain. And here was the reason why, that he was associating with sinful people, that he was even eating with them. And this was, of course, something that they never would have done. So Jesus told them this story, that if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, then what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he's going to call together his friends and neighbors, and he's going to say, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. And in the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. It's an interesting story that Jesus tells, and in the theme of multiplication, it seems a little strange because we're not really seeing multiplication in the story. What we're seeing is that the shepherd makes a decision to go after the one. Now, the first thing that we notice is that there is a wanderer in the story. And I think we've all heard this phrase and possibly have repeated it ourselves, but this proverb, let's call it that, is one that says that not everyone who wanders is lost. And the idea there being that we're explorers at heart, that there are things that we want to see that we may not always have a plan, that we may act spontaneously in this life, that we may decide to go on a journey without it being mapped out or figured out, but we're going to go on it anyways. We're going to end up in a new place, in a new country, in a new city, in a new environment, and we may not have everything figured out. Well, the kind of wandering that is happening in this story isn't that kind. In fact, when the word lost is used in this particular text, it's the same language that we find elsewhere in the scriptures to also illustrate what it looks like to be destroyed, what it looks like to lose everything. 
And so the urgency that is upon the shepherd is one that makes him realize that the 99 are safer where they are than the one who has wandered off. And he's willing to leave the 99 behind, but he must go after the one because if he doesn't, then the one will be lost forever. And what Jesus says is that he looks at this story and this parable that he's telling us to, of course, illustrate how important we all are to him, how every person is important to him, that there isn't anything that he wouldn't do to save us, just like the shepherd would do everything to save that sheep from certain destruction. He doesn't want that sheep's life to be lost. And so he will do whatever it takes, whatever the sacrifice, whatever the journey, he will do it because he needs to bring the one back. And I don't know if I always have that urgency. I mean, I've lost things before that I think were important to a point. And I looked and, and, and it was something that may have had a certain value to me. And then once I recognized that it was simply lost, well, I just, well, accepted the loss. There have been times where I have had friendships or relationships or I've been in business and invested and found myself just giving of myself and my resources to something that I was certain would somehow bring back a return and it did not. That was lost and I accepted that and I moved on. And I come to think about this passage and I wonder, Lord, did I move on too quickly? I wonder, Lord, did I do everything that I could have done? Was that more me accepting the loss just because it hurt too much to keep pursuing that which was lost? Was it because maybe I didn't have enough faith to believe that it could ever be found? That ever it could be brought back? That I could once again have it? And maybe it wouldn't look exactly the way that I had lost it, but I didn't trust you enough to even pursue it to the point where I would even believe that it was possible. I think there's something about this story that reminds us that at some point, not only have we experienced this loss and this wandering away, but we may have done that ourselves. Have you ever gotten lost on purpose? Have you ever wandered away intentionally? Did you ever make the decision and the choice to no longer stay where you were, but to be found somewhere and with someone else other than the shepherd who was watching over you? Did you ever make that decision kind of unintentionally, but it was in your heart and the next thing you knew, your steps were taking you further and further away until you finally look around and you realize that you are completely lost. 
and you don't know how to make your way back. Well, if you've ever been on a spiritual journey, which I'm sure you have been, I know you've experienced this. The sense of not knowing where you are, the sense of realizing that you don't know how to make your way back, the realization that you made a mistake, but you've wandered so far, you don't ever think you can make it back. I think we've all been there. And what I love about the story is that that doesn't stop the shepherd from going after the sheep anyway. Or maybe he would have said, you know, I've got 99, I've lost one, I'm just going to cut my losses. I'm going to let that one just, unfortunately, it's made its choice. It's made its decision. It's gone its way. I'm going to let it do that. But Jesus doesn't let us get away from him. That's what I love about this story. He doesn't let us get away. You know, and if Jesus is this way, he's saying, can you be this way too? Can you also behave in the manner in which I am revealing myself to be? If you want to experience multiplication in your life, then I want you to take on this understanding, but also this application so that you can behave in a whole new way. Would you make it your life purpose, like it is mine, to go after that which wanders and is lost? And if you will be this way, I want you to know that you are walking in my footsteps. That you are behaving like me as the shepherd. And so I don't know what comes to mind when you think of that which has wandered away and is lost. What is it that comes to mind in your life that you may have lost? What is it that you may feel today that God is just stirring this up and bringing it back into your mind and into your heart to not leave it lost, but to go after it, to pursue it with all of your heart and energy and to make sure that that which has wandered off can be brought back. Because the second thing that we see in the story is that Jesus loves the wanderer. There is nothing about the wanderer that repels Jesus. In fact, the beginning of the passage that we read, what did we see Jesus doing that he was deeply criticized for? He was spending time with people that the scriptures called notorious sinners. He was spending time with people who, according to the religious leaders, were unclean. He found themselves, they found themselves with Jesus because Jesus was going after every wanderer. In fact, Jesus tells this parable to help everyone understand that there isn't anyone that he isn't willing to go after. That even when the church and religious leaders and whenever religious people give up on other people, just like the people that Jesus was sitting at the table with, Jesus was saying, I will never give up on them. Every single one of them matters. 
The reason I'm at this table, the reason I am drinking and eating with them is because I go after the wanderer that is lost. I love the wanderer. And they had no love in their hearts for the wanderer. And sometimes I've, I have felt like I was not loved, not loved in the environment I was in, not loved with the partners I may have had, not loved by the friendships that I assumed were there and loyal, not loved by whoever it was that was in my life whom I expected to sacrifice to the same level that I was willing to sacrifice. And that's one of the hardest things in life is when you are unequally yoked with someone who doesn't want the same thing, doesn't believe the same thing, doesn't pursue the same thing, doesn't want to put all of the sacrifices in it the way that you would expect. And sometimes in those moments we make the decision I will no longer love this wanderer. Think about it. We make that decision. I will no longer love this wanderer. But even when we have made that decision, here's the beautiful part. Jesus is saying, I have never stopped loving them. And if we understand God and the heart of Jesus and we understand the principles of multiplication, then we will understand this, that even when we have given up and have walked away, that Jesus never does. And I'm glad for that because sometimes we're just at the end of our strength. We're at the end of our faith. We're at the end of our ability to do anything more. We really are. We reach a point where we sometimes just take the person, the situation, the circumstance, and we just say, Lord, I give it to you because there's nothing more that I can do. And that is not the wrong thing, but what have you done when you've given it back to God? What have you done when you've put it in his hands? Haven't you kept praying for them? Don't you keep bringing them before the Lord, even though you know you cannot walk with them, and even though you can no longer pursue them, you can still love them by praying for them. Can we say amen to that? So sometimes you reach a limit in terms of what your capacity is or what their willingness is, even on the other person's behalf. Sometimes it has nothing to do with you. It's they who have walked away from you. It is they who have made the decision to just wander. But God is saying, I want you to love them anyways. I want you to pray for them anyways. And we will experience multiplication in our lives when we understand that Jesus will always love the wanderer. And I have to just bring that to God in prayer and say, God, I am struggling to love the wanderer today that is in my life, but I know this, you love them more than anyone. And if I can't go after them and I can't find them and if I can't rescue them and if I can't bring them back, I know that you can because you are the great shepherd. Can we say amen to that? And so when we've reached our end, when we've reached our limits, when we have our limitations, when there are boundaries around us, that we can't do anything about, I assure you that Jesus does not have them. And he can still reach them wherever they are. And the third thing that we notice is that this wanderer is completely by themselves. They are a lone wanderer. In fact, 
in all three parables that we see in the Gospel of Luke, whether it be the lost sheep, the lost coin, or even the lost son, we see that this person is on their own. And I think that when you're wandering, when you're far from God, it's really you're the most vulnerable and you are very far from the protection that God has to offer you, the peace, the prosperity, everything that comes with being under his care. And this lone wanderer is so vulnerable and Jesus knows this. And because he knows the vulnerability that is in this lone wanderer's life, he's going to do everything he possibly can to go after that wanderer himself. And so whenever we look at our lives and we feel like we're alone or we look at someone and we see that they're alone and they're wandering, can you think of Jesus going after them? Can you picture and pray Jesus going and being the shepherd who goes and finds them? Because he won't leave them alone. He won't let that happen. He will leave the 99 to go after the one. And that may sound like a huge risk on Jesus' part, or maybe even carelessness, or even a lack of care and concern for the 99. But that's not what this parable is about. What it is about isn't that God is worried about the 99 who are there, just like he isn't worried about the coins that haven't been lost and just like he isn't worried about the son who stays home. It's that when something is lost, you have to make sure it gets found. You have to do everything in your power to make sure that that which is lost is found. You have to have that passion and that purpose in life. You want to experience multiplication, here's how it's going to happen. You have to believe that that which is lost can be found. And there's a lot of people who have given up on that. So they don't experience multiplication. Because what they see is that what is lost is lost. I have to now move on and listen to this and find something else that is new. I have to replace what is lost and put my efforts there because that's the only way that God is going to multiply. But God shows us that one of the principles of multiplication is that we can pray back that which is lost to be found. That that which is lost can be brought back to us. And we don't have to accept their choice, their decision. We don't have to believe that their wandering will just simply lead to destruction. We don't have to just give in and give up and just resign to the fact that there's nothing more that we can do. We can believe that that which is lost can be found. Because that is the principle of multiplication that Jesus is telling us through this story. And once we see Jesus who finds as the shepherd the lost and wandering sheep, we see that that sheep is rescued. Jesus rescues it. Have you ever been rescued? I remember one time I was uh, in Jamaica with my wife and we were on our honeymoon and it was just like a great time and I was at uh, this part of the island and there was like this huge restaurant and, and it had a massive slide that went right into the ocean. And I looked at that and I said, I want to do that. 
And mom's like, you're crazy. Like, number one, you are not a good swimmer. Number two, you are not a good swimmer. Like there's, and the water was like very rough that day. It was the ocean, and so the slide was quite high, it was quite long, and most of the people that were, you know, going down that slide were uh, drunk, let's be uh, completely clear on what was happening there. And there was a bunch of guys, boys and, and men, who were under uh, the uh, slide, kind of like hanging on to the, the posts, and they would go out every once in a while and have to rescue someone, and literally like drag them back to shore. And, and so I, I, I saw that and I said, okay, that, I, feel, I feel confident. I feel confident. I feel good. There's people there, you know. If, if, if I get into any kind of trouble, they're gonna, someone's going to come out, swim up to me and help me. I was like, awesome. I'm going to do this. Went up to the slide. So happy up there. I was looking down. Beautiful day. The ocean, the slide was like, wow, it's so big. I was like, I'm going to do it. I, I went down. I slid. I went right into the ocean. And the moment I landed, I knew I regretted it. <laughs> I regretted it. It was, the current was so much stronger than I had imagined. I had gotten to the top. I was struggling to swim against the current. I couldn't get back to shore. And, and now all of a sudden, my poor swimming skills were like staring me in the face. And I really kept looking at the guys. And I was signaling like, rescue me. <laughs> rescue me. And at this point, the ocean had gotten so dangerous that even the guys who were clinging to the poles were like, we are not going out there. <laughs> and, and I realized that after waving for what felt like minutes, which were literally seconds and no one coming to me, I realized that I was on my own. I was like, Jesus, I'm about to die on my honeymoon. <laughs> I said, help me to get back to shore. And all of a sudden, I don't know, a burst of strength and just determination, just, I don't know, just the funeral costs in my mind. I was just swimming. <laughs> and, and, and I was just like swimming, swimming, swimming. I finally get to the columns where the, where the boys were. And the first thing out of my mouth was, you guys left me out there to die. <laughs> I have felt so abandoned. You know, I, I was lost at sea and no one cared, except my poor wife who was like cringing at every moment. And, and, and as I got back there, you could see that they had like zero concern, like no, no compassion. You could tell that people had died like this before, <laughs> that they had become calloused by the fact that this wouldn't be the first stupid white man who drowned in this, in this ocean, you know? And, and sure enough, there I was, you know, convinced that I was going to have a great experience, but then found myself to be lost. And when I was out there by myself, the only person I could reach out to was God. I really had no one who was coming to help me. And there are times when, guys, it's going to feel like, and it's not going to be just a feeling. It's going to be for real. No one is going to come for you. No one's going to come knock at your door. No one's going to text you. No one's going to call you. No one's going to come visit you. No one's going to check up on you. No one's going to love you and have the concern that you would expect them to have. But in that moment, when you are lost because you have wandered too far, 
Jesus is still there. And in the same way that he helped me get back to shore, he will help you. Because Jesus does this over and over again. He comes to our rescue. Can we say amen to that? Jesus comes to our rescue. He comes to our rescue. Whatever the situation, whatever the circumstances, Jesus comes to our rescue. And then when he comes and he rescues us, oh man, when I made it back upstairs to the restaurant, I mean, the best feeling in my life was just sitting in that chair and having a, mar and having a margarita. I just like, that moment was just blessed. I almost died. And now I'm able to just rest. And there's this sense of, God, thank you that you are always with me. You know what the shepherd does? He goes and he takes the sheep and he doesn't say, okay, now follow me back or walk ahead of me and I'm going to show you what it is to get back home. He picks it up and he puts it on his shoulders. Because when something has been rescued, let me tell you this with such clarity and understanding, having gone through it and having done this for others before. You have to understand that this is not a time for them to understand the lesson of having wandered away. This is not the time for you to teach, for you to preach. This is not the time for you to do anything other than to provide safety for them to rest. And that's what Jesus does. He takes the sheep, puts it on his shoulders, and he gives it the rest that it needs. And he carries it all the way back. And I think of the times where I know I needed that rest, where Jesus had rescued me. I wasn't ready for anything in that moment. I knew I was lost. I knew I had wandered away too far. I'm already broken. Don't break me more than how I already feel. I get it. I am a loser. I know that. In that moment, I don't need to hear how many more ways you can describe what a loser I am. What I need to know in this moment is that I am I safe with you? Have I truly been found? Can I now rest? And I believe that we are so bad at this. We don't know how to give people rest. We don't know how to bring them back to a place where they can feel strong again and be right again and be good again to do what needs to happen after this. But I assure you that Jesus isn't just interested in giving us rest. He's interested in restoration. Because where Jesus brings the sheep back is with the other 99. And he puts them back in the pen where he can now have his authority established over that sheep again, where he can love it, protect it, provide for it, so that it could now have the peace that it needs to be able to rest and recover and be fully restored. God isn't just interested in pointing out how we are lost. He is interested in making sure we get found. He wants us to be the same way. When we see something that is lost, he wants his children, his sons and daughters. He wants his people to start thinking this is a situation where that which is lost can be found. This is not about a moment where this is just subtraction. 
This is not another division moment. What this is is an opportunity for multiplication. And Lord, that's how I'm going to see it. That's how I'm going to pray. That's how I'm going to live. And when I hear about that which is lost, the first thing that I am going to say isn't, yeah, yeah, this is definitely lost. I'm going to say, no, this can be found. This can be found. This is an opportunity, not for it to say lost. This is an opportunity for it to be found. And I don't know when you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to do it. But I am going to believe that whatever is lost, it can be found. Because with Jesus, nothing is lost. Can we say amen to that? I just want to end there with this, and I hope this encourages you and blesses you guys on your spiritual journey today in making the effort to be here and to be able to understand what it means to experience what Jesus is teaching. He wants us to see that which is lost can always be found. God bless you. Would you stand with me? Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And... Uh, we have a great opportunity to pray right now and to think about the things that we may have lost, things that are lost, things that we believe that Jesus has the power and the authority to make found again. Can we take this moment right now as we would pray, as the band would join us back on stage, would you take this moment in your mind and in your heart and begin to exercise your faith and begin to pray and ask God to make clear to you how that which is lost can be found. How you can experience multiplication again in your life. In Jesus' name we pray, Father, that we would experience the truth of your word. That we would be people who would hear it and would believe it. That we would put this into practice. That we would trust you. That we would come before you. And that we would bring that which is lost before your very eyes and say, Lord, intervene. And in this moment, take that which is lost in my life and make it found. Lord, I thank you that this is what you have taught us, what you have revealed to us, and what you desire us to put into practice today. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.